This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available 24 hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. 
you sound wonderful. Um, my right. dog Frank is uh, whinging about something. Frank! Oh, hold on. I know what it's about. Okay. See you after. The cat, the cat had uh, some food and there's still food left in the bowl. Therefore, ergo, ergo, therefore, um, he's after, he's after it, which is he, fair enough. If that's, if that's your modus operandi, which as a dog is food, walks, affection and sleep and shagging, obviously, then you're going to go for it, aren't you, mate? You are indeed. Uh, all right. Well, we've been recording, so let's just let it roll. Um, all right. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, this is episode, I can't remember what the episode is, doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I'm joined by John Bass on the line. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We're getting, we're edging close to Christmas. I'm I'm feeling very jolly today. I know I have a very uh, Santa Claus-esque physique anyway, um, but I'm feeling very jolly. <laughs> Festive. One, one of the greatest things about, because we're, uh, you know, most of the people who are actually everybody who's listening to this won't know that. Me and John can actually see each other right now. John has the biggest mm. pair of earf- earphones I've ever seen. Well, like, what are they? Expensive? They are expensive. Well, they're ones that if you're if if you're not podcasting, you can also land uh, large aircraft. So it's quite useful. I keep, um, I keep looking right down. Um, the dog is not only just like uh, like constantly asked for the cat's food. He's taking his bowl and taking it to his bed. <laughs> it's crockery it's crockery it's not like it's it's a lot i mean i don't i don't know about you mate i'm not a fan it's controversial you know when people are like, oh you know it was my birthday the other week and uh really my other half was like oh i'll tell you what i'll make you breakfast in bed that's not a treat for me that stresses me out i don't like all the crumbs mate i'm a bit precious about the crumbs i've um I, I, uh basically every time i get into bed because we've got a dog and dogs it doesn't matter how, what you can do it doesn't matter what you do in um in terms of trying to convince them that the 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 family bed not the family bed the bed where i make loving isn't um mm. isn't uh the place where the dog sits or lies or sleeps um but what my dog's worked out is that as soon as he hears that i'm asleep he's like wicked yeah game's on yeah this I'm, is it. i'm getting on the bed because he's he's fast asleep. He's not gonna do it, and, and and he's right. And 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 I've got a staff, so it it's it's like he um it's like a bit of concrete in the bed. That's what it's like. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the Liverpool game, John Bass. Uh, and just before we do that, okay. Uh, this this is a podcast that's going to be dominated by questions. The questions from our Twitter account. Uh, Thirty minutes ago, we sent set, set out sent out a uh, a. Um, a request for questions and the people have answered. So what we're going to do here is we're going to, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your feelings about the Liverpool game, John. But after okay. that, we're just going to answer these, uh, you know, questions, mental questions that Great. Uh, the people who listen to the podcast have sent in. John, how do you feel? Yeah. So 48 hours that have passed. How do you feel about the uh, Liverpool game currently? Uh, I'm all right now. I'm all right now, mate. Um, was, you t- was it tough? After? The aftermath. It, it was. Yeah, I've listened. I've listened to um, the the five statements on the on the Patreon pod with you and Cal, sort of debriefing fairly soon after the result. And I could I could feel the hangover of some of the emotions there, especially like reliving 
that the moment when the second goal goes in and you know just just essentially screaming fuck relentlessly really resonated with me because oh. i did the same thing and i was just in the lounge stood up just shouting fuck yeah. fuck uh, for ages and it's in those moments where you realize like where you don't realize that there's like a broader context and a bigger thing going on and this is just one game in a season and of course you want to win those games but sometimes you don't and that's all right because we picked up points where previously we wouldn't have and and all that thing just goes out the window and you're just in the moment and you're frustrated and that lasts like for me anyway lasts a day or two and i don't think there's anything wrong with being like frustrated disappointed um and cross about a bad result as long as it's like as long as there's a little bit of um realization that you've just got to move forward and actually it's not the end of the world. There's a lot more for us to be able to do and, and get back in um, the title race. And we are in a title race. So it's like that alone should be a positive thing. Yeah. So, so the fact that we lost that game in the way that we did, it didn't feel like it. I mean, obviously it was definitely a defeat. It did feel like a defeat. Like, like as you say, just after the game, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, we, like, we, you know, I, I talked about it with, um, Callum on the Five Statements podcast, the Patreon only podcast, to sign up, give us loads of money. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, when we did that podcast the, the morning after, um, it was just it was just the manner of the defeat. It was the fact that we conceded on eighty, it was eighty nine or maybe ninety minutes, which means the game's done and dusted. So you have to process yeah. a lot in that short amount of time. Uh, which made it all the worse. If they'd have scored two goals early on in the first 10, 15 minutes and then we'd got one back, then it, it, it's so much easier to process than what we had to experience um, on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's all. It's also, mate, it's one of those where our sort of approach in those games, it will be a bit like that. We will also win a game like that. We'll, we'll break away on someone in the 90th minute and make it 2-1 because yeah. we're playing in a, in a way that is is kind of set up where for for us as fans like watching it, it it's stressful it's not actually that enjoyable because you're essentially like playing on the edge both ways you're going to you're going to score like we did against the run of play uh, and you're also going to win games like that where you you essentially like break away and score but when you're defending and it's like narrow and it's one all or it's like nil nil Sometimes you will concede, and and it will be difficult to recover from that. And you just have, sometimes you just have to accept that because we got a point against Chelsea, we beat Arsenal convincingly, like we've smashed Man United, like we we've um, beaten City. Like those results, you're going to have one in there that's a defeat probably in most seasons. And so if if you said just look to the points total and look to those games and didn't see the results or the way we played and just said that's your points total at the end of this run, we would have all taken it. 100% of us would have said, yeah, I'll have that points total, guaranteed, 100%. So we ha- you have to take a step back sometimes, don't you, and put it into perspective. Um, <clears throat> Mourinho, after the game, said that the better team lost. Ryan Wells, Wolves, asked the question, do you think the better team lost? It's a difficult thing to say because the better team is Liverpool in the sense of the way that they have won the Champions League, they've won the league, they they play. They won it at Canter last year, and they play the nicest looking football. If you're talking about who executed the plan on the day the best, then that was us because our plan was to hit them on the counter and score those goals. We didn't take the chances, 
that was like the final one percent of the plan we didn't execute on everything aside from that we did really well whereas they play like that like week in week out right so they they didn't necessarily need to like do anything different to their plan and so essentially we lost that game rather than them going on and winning it so i get what he means and i also think that there's got to be a little bit of protection for the players and, and people talk about it all the time about well, the players don't mind it as long as you're winning, doing all this running and defending. And to a certain extent, that is that is true. So you have to you have to make them feel, even when it doesn't work, that it was close to working to to protect this concept and idea of we are doing the right things. Like we need to keep this going rather than just go, oh, well, it didn't work this time. Let's just give it up. So I think there's a, there's two things there. One, like protecting the players, and and also like he had a plan. And let's be honest, if Kane scores or Bergwijn scores, and I know it's all if ifs and buts, but they will score those chances in most games and we would win that game. So, you know, fine margins, mate, as always. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a little bit of a leap to suggest that, that Spurs were the best team in that game. But as you say, the the chess match that is football is about tactics. It's about how well your pieces on the board um, apply those tactics. And if you look at the best chances created, they were they did belong to Tottenham. Bergwijn hitting the post, Harry Kane missing a completely miscue in a header that he would have scored nine times out of ten. You know that yeah. was that was Harry Kane territory, and you could see in his face when he he didn't um, convert that chance that he you know he understood that how, how massively he'd um, underperformed in that instance. But you know you can't blame him, you can't give him stick because he's he's done he scored goals that he had no no um you know right to score um so i i'm not sure if the better team lost but i have no issue with the fact that jose Mourinho made that a, a point um it might be that he's he's sort of using the the the, the way the game playing play, played out as a a way for him to uh what what am i trying to say the the way the way the game played out in a certain way and it lent into how he wants Tottenham Hotspur to play. And so he seized on that rather than giving Jurgen Klopp any um, leeway. and or, or, or the media any leeway at all. And what what do you make of Jose Mourinho's comments after the game? Because he was pretty bullish. He was he went after Klopp. He made, mm. he, he made it less about the performance and the result and more about his you know personal relationship with with Klopp, he's done that previously with with Wenger, with um, Pep Guardiola. Now, clearly, he sees himself as um, the antagonist to um, Jurgen Klopp's protagonist. And it's for me, just I, I know I've asked you a lot here, but but for me, he, he's he's um, he's found himself, or we find ourselves in a situation where Tottenham are the forerunners. We are the the team that's going to combat Liverpool because Klopp's talking about us. He's not talking talking about Pep Guardiola he's not talking about Arteta or any or Lampard or or um the bloke who manages Leicester I can't remember his name uh Rogers Brendan Brent, Brent Rogers he's not talking about any of those he's talking about Tottenham he's talking about Jose Mourinho and I feel like Jose Mourinho's played a little bit of a masterclass yeah it's funny isn't it when when like players or managers are at other clubs you don't really um, 
you don't really take into consideration like what they're doing in that moment essentially like you don't care because like why would you care it's not really anything to do with you it's it's another club and they're doing a another thing when jose is your manager and you're seeing him and hearing him say and do things it means a lot more to you so in other words like when he's at chelsea and they got a bad result he used to do all sorts of shit just to deflect from like the game and, and you'd be sitting there watching it as a neutral just going oh fuck off jose like what are you on about yeah but when it's your club you're like this is exactly what we need like we need him to take the take the sort of um disappointment out of this result and make it anger and make it like we're kind of the world's against us men siege mentality type stuff and all the best managers in history do it they never come out and go yeah do you know what actually this is a really good editor fair enough like we deserve to lose N- none of the top managers in the history of football ever accept that and so i think for me it just it shows why he's won what he's won why he's in the position that he's in and why he will be successful with us because we've already seen a shift in the mentality of the players and it's it's all well and good, and and again, this is I think something that the, the fans need to get used to. In the same way as we need to get used to being successful and striving to win, we also now need to get used to sometimes you lose in those runs, and how you respond to those defeats is as important as it is being like comfortable with being a front runner. And I think that's what he's done. He's just basically put us in a position where he's like taken the deflection off the players. And he's created this rivalry with Klopp. And I think that is fully intentional. He wants to get in his head. He wants Klopp to be thinking about us because that's when managers make mistakes. So I think he I think he did a great, he did a great job, basically, mate. We're still in the title race, aren't we? This, this wasn't defined. 100%, yeah. 100% yeah. because it's so close. Yeah. In the same way as if we'd won, we haven't wrapped up the title. It, it's it's going to be oh, tight for a long that. time. John, if we'd have won... If we, if oh yeah, we, we it was guaranteed, mate. It was in the bag, um, and that's what. Yeah, I know, favorite. and exactly because in in all of our minds, you'd have been thinking, Anfield win, break their run, go go top, like clearly top, like a couple of points gap, like yes, this is huge, and you can't help, even though you tell yourself, oh, it's a difficult place to go, and but you do think about it, and so when it doesn't happen, it's even more of a kick in the bollocks. But there we go. I don't make much of their uh, injury crisis. I get that their squad has been stripped because of mm. the injuries. But if you look to their starting eleven, you know, with the, their front three was so dominant last year. Uh, Mane, Salah and uh, Firmino. It, it'd be difficult mm. to um to replace many of those games. Uh sorry, many many of those players if 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 you're going for the title. So you got, they they like that's their first choice. They had um a Henderson and Curtis Jones in midfield and Curtis Jones like I like I know that they're player. like it, he is a fucking player. He's so Proper good. Proper player. And it's yeah. it's really frustrating, you know, looking out and, and 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 looking at them as a as a force and then seeing one of the youth players come through and who is clearly capable of doing untold things in the Premier League and he's nineteen years old. The only the only part of their setup that I thought was a little bit shaky was the defender. What is it Williamson? Um, yeah, yeah, Williams, Reese Williams. Is it Reese Williams there? So he he. Um... But he's he's played like a very like few amount of games at this level has come from was it like League Two? Maybe non-league even. He played like against, last year. The commentary said that he played against against Kidderminster or for Kidderminster last year. I mean, there you go. So that that is a big step up. And maybe, and maybe you know, to be fair, there was a couple of chances. I think that one just after half time where. 
Bergvine gets it. I don't think it was that much of a good chance, to be honest. It's a very tight angle, and he sort of toe pokes it wide. That was a mistake by that kid. And there was another one where he got he got under the header. So we we did try to capitalise on like on his weakness, but to be honest, I thought Liverpool would be weaker considering the loss of Van Dyke. Considering that when he came in, he made such an impact to them defensively. Somehow they're away with it this time, which is kind of annoying. But also, yeah, they are really just missing. And I know it's an easy thing to say, but the rest of their brilliant team were all there except for Van Dijk and another centre-back. So it's just the two centre-backs. Yeah, and if you've got that much of the ball, it's hard to get at those two centre-backs. Yeah, indeed. It also, it's almost like if, you, if you're going to... If- if we're going to give them that much possession, then we can't really take advantage of the fact that they had an inexperienced centre-back there. But Fabinho's played centre-back for Monaco. He's played right-back for Monaco. It isn't like you're putting a centre-forward at centre-back. It's not like Fabinho can't or doesn't understand how to play centre-back. Given the fact that he's played under Jurgen Klopp for two years and he's won a league, it's not like he's not going to go into that game full of confidence with a complete understanding of what um, Jurgen Klopp wants him to do, and the same thing with Curtis Jones is that he's he's been under he's been in in, in and around the um, Liverpool setup for years, two mm. or three years. So why is he like they He's good enough to play. So also he's he's going to have the benefit of playing under a manager who is going to tell him exactly what he needs to do. So if he's good enough, then that isn't a weakness. And a lot of Liverpool fans yeah. out there, are, they're, they're frying out this rhetoric that 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 they're that this injury crisis is really really um, hurting them. When really it's just giving them opportunity to give some of these players who wouldn't have otherwise played an opportunity and and, and um, you know show what they've got in their locker. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that Mate, the players that... coming back aren't going to suffer from this inertia and 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 uh, cycle of 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 being told the same thing over and over again. Liverpool are on the drop. They are. This isn't, regardless of their injuries, this is a team that can't maintain the form that they have done over the last two years. The points amassed over the last two years are incredible. If they continue to do that, injuries or not, then this is something that football has never seen before. And because of that, I feel like they are on the drop and they are there for the taking. Yeah, it's it's cycles as well. Like we've spoken about it a few times. Like clubs and teams go through cycles. It's like typically three years. Like we've seen it now with City. Like they have really fallen off. They'll be back. Don't get me wrong. Because they've got the money and the resources, they'll be back. But they're now at the end. They're tailed off at that end. And Liverpool probably entering the last phase of their like good, solid, a three kind of season domination. Um, but they're, they're just going back to kind of their fan base and the kind of rhetoric they put out about the injuries. They're just a very weird, unique club in the sense of if you talk to a Liverpool player and say, how good um, is this kid? Like, what's his name? Curtis Jones. How good is he? And they'll rave about him. Oh, he's amazing. He's so underrated. No one ever talks about him. He's fantastic. He's the best underrated. And then you go, right, well, he's like you should have enough then in your midfield. And they're like, well, we've got loads of injuries. We've got players. We've got a young kid who's playing in the midfield. You're like, right, so it's all about you can't have it. it. Yeah. You can't have, you can't it, have whatever it is. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Like, we, but they do. We won't but they do, it. mate. They, they relentlessly do it. And, and and it works. It works for a long mm. time. And, and I think football fans are, are tip, like sick of hearing the bullshit that comes out of Liverpool. We're sick of seeing Klopp react the way he does. I think like 
genuinely think that Liverpool fans are are um, you know they 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 look at Klopp as not only is he an incredible manager, he is an incredible manager. He's the best manager in yeah. the world, hands down. I think. Um, but to 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 not see that he is a complete cunt is is beyond me. Like we know that Jose Mourinho is a bit of a cunt, right? But he's our cunt, and we're not. Yeah, we're not shielding him from that. We don't. If a fan of another football club goes, "I hate Jose Mourinho," I don't think I've heard any Spurs fan go, "No, he's all right. You know, he's nice. He's he's cool. You don't know what you're talking about." We're like, "Yeah, he is a cunt. He's our cunt." Liverpool fans don't do that with Klopp. They get offended if you think that, or if you say that um, that that Jurgen Klopp's a bit of a like a fake. Like what? What he's done yeah. to, to create like it's, it's the same thing with Jose Mourinho where he's been on the charm offensive. Klopp's been doing that since he left Dortmund, charm offensive. But you see now, especially this season, where it's been more difficult and and they find themselves top of the league, even though it's been been more di- more difficult. And credit to him for that. But don't give me all the bullshit that he's like a a nice geezer. You don't get to that level of management with being a nice bloke. All the shiny teeth and the Beatles t-shirt. Fuck off. Like, get the fuck out of here. Just understand what you are. You're an arsehole. You're a successful arsehole. You're you're probably one of the best managers, probably the best manager I've ever witnessed. So don't give me the bullshit about it. Don't, you don't have to be a nice person as well because we see through that nonsense. Yeah, it's... it's- I think that is the frustrating bit about it is it's it's this veneer of like cheerfulness and like happiness that is just plainly it's about, like it's about as real as his teeth. <laughs> exactly. And the worst thing about it is that you've been called on more than one occasion a clock lookalike, which must really eat away at your soul. Well since since he's had his teeth done, less so. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's what I'm getting you for Christmas, mate. So we're we're getting you on a flight to Turkey. We we want the full clop, please. Yeah, why? Why are why do people in Britain have bad teeth? Like it's genuinely, it's like a natural thing. It's, it's funny, isn't it? I don't know. You know, like when you watch these shows, like Family Guy, always lampooning people with like bad teeth, and I'm like, oh, that's harsh. And then I sort of you watch any sort of news show where they're like, oh, we're just interviewing the public about their thoughts on COVID. And you're like, they're fucking teeth. Like, forget their opinions. <laughs> their teeth are rotten to the core. They're um, yellow and, and misshapen. John, let me ask you about the stuff with uh, Stephen Burvine because he had to stop. He, yeah. he closed his comments after the game on Instagram because these fucking cretins are digging him out. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're Apparently, as the, the word goes, there's, there, there has been death threats to him digging him out, say, you know, all kinds of stuff. I, I don't think that he's as good a forward as we need, but there is no doubt of the fact that he tried his hardest and he works for the team. And then that's all he can do. I was so disgusted by our fan base, by by them taking the time out of their weird little sorry, pitiful lives to send him a message to say like, Oh, I wish you were dead. I'm going to kill you, whatever it might be, because he hit the post on a difficult chance. Not, mm. maybe not a difficult chance. He probably, it's a game of inches, isn't it? He would like nine times out of ten, he yeah. would have just, just like put a little bit more, sort of, uh, you know, curl on the ball, a little bit more right touch, just to guide it into that bottom corner. But he reacts in the moment. It's so difficult, and these people that are messaging him, 
not only embarrass us, but they could never do 1% of what he can do with a football. And more to the point, if they were in front of him, they would shit their fucking pants. And they're scumbags. And if anyone anyone who listens to this podcast sent a message to him, digging him out directly, doesn't matter if you sent a death threat or sent a... um, Your shit. Your shit, anything like that. If you did that, stop fucking listening to this podcast because I don't want to to benefit from the fact that you, you scumbag, you know, if you did something like that, because he's the guy's. Forget that he's a, a professional football. He's a human being. Like imagine mm. that most of the people that are sending these messages don't have enough attention in their lives to get someone so worked up that they would send a death threat or an insult to him. You're pathetic, absolutely pathetic. It's, it made me sick. It was horrible. Do you know what though? What I would say is like I think like most, I'd say probably everyone who listens to this pod actually probably is is thinking to himself, God, I'm glad that's not me that Flav's talking about because I actually think that the people that send those sort of things aren't, and again this comes down to your own definition, aren't fans because I think we live in a generation where. It's all about how mad you are proves how passionate you are. And that is very much an online football fandom bullshit thing. You know, like you see all these videos from all clubs of people fucking watching the game and smashing up the thing and screaming at their mate and going, it's all for show. That's not a real thing. Like we've all shouted and gone mad in our living rooms, but it's like times 10 just to show I care more than you care and I love this club more than you love this club because look how angry I'm getting about a negative thing and and all I was thinking when I was seeing like this these messages of like people just going off on one is let's just say American football I decided to follow any any team I'll just set up a, a Twitter account with like my favorite player in the bio never been to a game never took the time to understand the values of the club or the fan base or smelt the onions cooking on the fucking high road or been into a fucking dingy pub and had a warm pint before the game and got to know people and made friends through the club and been to games or even just like followed the team for, for years and like understood what it meant to be a fan of that club. And then someone misses a chance that, that is a di- it's still a difficult chance, but one they should take and they don't. And then I just decide, oh, I want to show everyone how like much I care about this. So I'm just going to go online and tweet abuse directly at that player. Anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. There's no, like, the level of care for your fan base, uh, for your club, is, is very low from from a Twitter fan base of people. It's very easy to just abuse people on Twitter without being associated to the club, but looking like you're associated to the club. And that, for me, is is probably where this sits. Is Yeah, there's probably people who have season tickets who sent a message. But what I mean is, like, that type of um, attitude and behaviour has become acceptable from people who don't have that close bond and affinity to the club because anyone who does understands that okay if the player walks off the pitch spits on his shirt and wipes his ass okay fine i get the a hatred for that because that is something that people hold dear to them players miss chances all the fucking time of course and they have done for the entirety of football and it will always happen and we've had players play for us loads of mediocre dog shit players who we've got behind and supported Mate, fucking thousands, like, look at, look thousands at of them exactly a fucking lifetime of shit um you know if you can support if you can support some of the dog shit dross we've had in the past you can support a let's be honest bergvine would be one of the best players we've had in the previous 30 years 
It's only because our team is so good now that he's not quite at the what, same standard of Harry Kane. What have you done? Like, what have, what, you, yeah. what have you done? What have you done yeah. to, to make Tottenham better? Other than sit there on your fucking ass. Like, 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 like I, I, I bet, I, I, I bet to, to a T, there are the vast majority of these weird little pricks who are um, sending these messages to Bergvine who have all they've seen is from 2010 up until this mm. point. So they're, ni- they're eight, 17, 18, 19 years old. They've had a few beers, probably a, a line, and they thought, do you know what? I'm so fucking unhappy, the fact that, that Bergvine didn't score that goal, that I'm going to attack him, thinking, I'm so little, I'm so insignificant that he'll never see this. But the fact is that he does. And when you do that, he had another. You, you forced another human being to turn yeah. off the comments on his social media because you've got to him so bad. And and you might be yeah. thinking, oh, that's a good thing because Bergwijn will leave the club. What we've got now, what the, the incredible football club we've got now where we're, you know, we were, we were four minutes from being top of the league for the fifth week in a row is nothing to do with how you support your football club. I don't care where you've fucking paid in, whether you're a season ticket holder, whatever it is. All of it is nothing to do with what you've done. So if you have the front, if you have the front to, 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 to dig him out in the way that you've done, then I, I want to have a look at what you do for a living. And... From yeah. an outside perspective, if you're a bricklayer, if you're a taxi driver, if you're an accountant, every time you make a mistake, I'm gonna wish your wife dead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna hope I'm gonna you tweet die. It. I'm, I'm gonna tweet it. Yeah, and not only that, I'm gonna tweet it, and and your family's gonna see it because his family's seeing this shit. It's embarrassing, mate. It's and also, like, you know, he's cut. He's come over from an, another country. He's like trying to like make his way in his career. Like, this is a big move for him. And at the end of the day, yeah, he's a human being. Like, like put it this way: imagine me and you went down to a fucking local, like I don't know, site. They're building like some houses, and we're like, oh, I see that geezer over there. Right, let's just let's just watch him all day. And when he does something wrong, which he inevitably will do, because we all do shit wrong at work, let's just fucking go in on him. We'll stand there and boo him just so he knows, and then we'll tweet about him afterwards and slag him off. And we won't just me and you slag him off we'll slag him off and and copy him in so you can see all the horrible shit yeah. we're saying about him even though his job has actually no material effect on my well-being or life or family or anyone it's just a game of football that i love and i'm passionate about but ultimately it doesn't hurt me in any way shape or form but i am going to hurt him emotionally because i'm i'm up six we lost a game where pathetic grow yeah. up stop being horrible cunts absolutely pathetic it's not even just being horrible cunts horrible cunts gives them a sense of elevation, like I'm a horrible cunt. I'm better than you. I can batter you. You're not. You're a prick. You're yeah. you're a scumbag, and um, coward. A coward, exactly. Because I, I tweeted after I like started reading about the stuff. If he fronted you up, a 23 year old, athletic, tattooed to fuck bloke, mixed race. Actually, let's let's actually like take it there. If if he fronted you up. You would piss your pants. Absolutely yeah. piss your fucking pants. I fucking rain it in, you morons. Anyway, um, this is what's most interesting 
is um, the Loch Ness Monster or Cheetah and Spurs. This is a guy who's uh, he's been following Spurs and, and, and has been you know commenting on uh, the podcast and is also a patron. Um, and he just asked this question. This is someone that isn't from England, right? So, so he gets it. Listen to this. Is there any way we as a fan base can root out and ostracise the toxic element of football Twitter that seems to permeate every, every, everywhere that is responsible for the Bergwijn issue? Um, is there any way that this can be exception to the rule? So, yes, it is exception to the rule. No one who goes to football, no one, no one who goes to football behaves in this way. They are a, an exception, right? They are a tiny part of our fan base. Um, but, but because of social media and because of how important, just how we're reacting here, John, it gives them mm. foundation. It gives them a, um, credence. A, a, le- yeah, credence, a, a level of, in, uh, of importance. Um, yeah. So we will ostracize them when we start ignoring them. When Twitter starts taking this shit seriously, when, when they start getting battered. For, for for their for their comments because a lot of people like feel like they can just say whatever they want and what's the greatest the greatest thing I, I like about boxing Twitter is that boxers so boxing like boxing is massive right Anthony Joshua is huge but the vast majority yeah. of boxers are like us right they're normal people earning money similar to us who sometimes end up on television and you get people who are who acted similar to uh, the way they did to El Ghazi at um, Aston Villa, but also to Birdvine, giving it the big and thinking that these people won't ever be able to react to them on a personal level. But what's great about boxing Twitter is that you get these 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 lads or you know people who are digging these boxers out, calling them shit, all kinds of things. They're, they're, they're talking to normal blokes, and these normal blokes find out where they live and turn up at their door and they shit themselves, obviously, because they're digging out. It's not like, Bofine might be, like, he might not be able to fight. I don't know. I don't know what Bofine can do with his fists. I have no idea. Um, but we know boxers can. And Curtis Woodhouse, who used to play for Sheffield United, he was a professional footballer that turned to pro boxing. There was a troll that, um, that dug him out and through his influence on social media, found out where this bloke lived. And turned up at his door, and the bloke cried his eyes out. <laughs> Google, it. So Google, Google it. Google it. Google. Google. Uh, um, Curtis Woodhouse troll. You will see what happens. And if you are listening to this, and you are one of these fucking cretins, then one day you're gonna get it. Is all I'm saying. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, Town Spurs followed this up with. Um, this is the same club that charted one Danny Thomas. After he missed a penalty in a Euro uh, in a uh, European Cup final, which we went on to win. Yeah, but this is why I mean it's a new phenomenon. It's this new generation of like, essentially uh, bring back bullying. That's all I'm saying. A lot of people that say a lot of stuff with no <laughs> with no recourse. Like no no one's there's no consequences anymore. You can say you can go on Twitter and say anything you like. When we were a kid, you had to say it in public and you'd get smacked in the face if you said something that was that rude. People now can find someone else they don't like and they can see something that they don't like and just go, you're a cunt, like, I hate you, your mum's a slag, whatever they want to say, and they don't get punched in the face for it. 
bring back bullying. That's all I'm saying. Physical violence does solve a lot of problems. I mean, there, there are some kids that, that don't do anything wrong that get bullied by horrible people. Like yeah, Bovine, not that time. But Bovine's like a millionaire. He can defend himself. Like the, you yeah. know, there are people with nothing who get bullied. I'm not, I mean, I get the comedic value of bringing back bullying, but I don't think um, that's, that's a bad suggestion, John. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's all, it's all relative, isn't it? Like, if I said, let's bully horrible people, or like, it's like saying, violence is bad. Yeah, agreed. All right, there's a paedophile there. Do you want to smash him in the face with a hammer? You'd be like, yeah, I do want to do it. So it's all relative, isn't it? Violence is relative. That, there you go. There's your punchline. There's your headline. Yeah, good. Um, okay, Special Agent Dal. We're going to do a couple more questions, then we'll, we'll round it up. Uh, Special Agent Dal Cooper, that is... I hope he's not a special agent. I don't Twin Peaks. Special... Is it? Twin Peaks quote, isn't it? Well, not quite, but it's character from Twin Peaks. Uh, I watched Some damn fine coffee. <laughs> I didn't get it. I remember the woman carrying a log everywhere. Yeah, log lady. So it's one of them things you either really into it, love it, or you just think it's weird shit. I get it both ways, but I love it. Oh, fair enough. Good, good. Uh, would a lone move suit players like Deli Alley and Harry Winks? Or is it time to simply move them on Look for replacements in the squad. There's, there's been a, a rumor that Dele Alli could join Rangers, and the first time I heard Whoa. it, I was like, "Oh come on, man! Dele Alli's much bigger than the uh, Scottish Premier League or Premiership, whatever they call it." But if he's not going to start for Spurs, if he doesn't fit in the system, I can't think of a better place for him to go than Rangers because he could kill it up there. Yeah, be, it's. It- levels it's called 30 in half a season yeah he'd smash it up there just it'd be it'd be a good move for for a confidence booster i I think to answer your question mate um i think i said on the last last time i was on about winks and again talking about the bergvine thing right i would never want to upset or i know i would never want anyone to like clip up stuff about winks and then just at him i'd like we'll we'll critique his performances for us but he is like has been a loyal servant to the club I just, I just don't think that he's kind of where we need to be, and I would like him to like do well in his career. And I, d- I just think that putting him on loan kind of just delays the inevitable. And actually, I think it would be good, good to keep him until the end of the season because I think like moving in January is not great for us unless we can get a replacement in. But I do think he, he should probably go on a permanent. Delhi's a different beast for me because I, I think there's a, there is a way to get him into this team. I'm not sure how, but there is definitely a way to get him in, in this team. And, and maybe it's this like 10 position that endombele has been playing that when we when we need goals, you just drop Endombele into midfield and Delhi plays in that 10 like he used to and just get him running in beyond Kane or letting Kane go a little bit higher up and him playing in that 10. I don't see him on like the wider positions because I don't think he's got the, the pace that Mourinho likes, which is why Bergwijn's playing a lot more games. I just want to persist with Delhi. I just want to persist with him because I love him and I don't want him to get completely bombed. So if the alternative is he needs to go out on loan, get him out on loan, let him score loads of goals and come back happy and find a place for him. Um, is there is there any... Do you think we've ever said anything that would put us up there with the bullies online about players like Harry Winkler? <laughs> about players? I think we might have yeah, but we we've never we've never said it directly. This is the difference. Like I think I think fans are allowed to say, "Oh, I thought Bergwijn Smith was a shocker. What a fucking idiot!" Like you're allowed to be annoyed and vent that because you're you are essentially putting out to the people who who decide to follow you, and that's your stream of consciousness put on a platform. 
as soon as you at someone, you are like taking it from the realm of your opinion to like putting your opinion onto someone. Yeah. Like people can choose not to follow you, right? So or not to listen to this pod or whatever. But as soon as you start putting it at people, you you've broken through. So I think I think we're fine. Seems like a safe legal get out, mate. All right, fair enough. Um, uh, what else we got? Um, who would win in a knuckle fight, Jose or Jurgen Klopp? <laughs> it's not a fight. This is from Fraser. Eight eight one four. I don't think it's a fight anyone want to see. What's what is a knuckle fight? Is that the one where like you put your, both put your hands out and then it's like you make them flinch? There, is it that? And then like you wrap them on a knuckle. Of, was there a period period of, in your adolescence where that was a thing? So you hold your fists up and you smash your fist down, yeah, or, or your knuckles down on on someone else's fist, close, closed fist. But if you miss, they get to go on you until they miss. Did you ever do that stuff? Because I, I never... Yeah. Um, wasn't there a rule like... So you, I think at the beginning to decide who goes first, you like move, you like go to move and someone who flinches, like then you just basically get a free hit. It's a bit like slaps, the same kind of slaps, principle. Yeah, I never enjoyed any yeah, of that. What shit. is it? No, same. I'd always go, oh, you just win then. Like, yeah, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get hurt. That's toxic masculinity though. Yeah, which in some ways is is good because you know if we ever get in a war, you you can just go to school and go right. Who here has smashed their mate on the knuckles? Right, you're going to the front line. You're going to the front line. Who here has decided they don't want to do it and is a bit smarter? Right, you're going to uh, design bombs and like do some of the strategy. It's quite a good way to like filter out frontline troops, which you know on occasion is is quite useful. Did you ever play that game at school where you you sat either side? This is one for the kids. Well, wanking off you sit in, either in, side in of Trevor's mouth. What? Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, yeah, one. of course. Um, of course everyone you, did. you get a 50p coin, 50p coin on the edge of the table, and your mate sits the other end of the table, and you get three goes to knock the coin so that it hangs half over the thing yeah. without yeah. falling off the table. Yeah. If you do, you get to put the 50p coin between your thing, and they make like a um, like a rugby goalpost thing like in front of the table, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. flick it and get that was a sick game. What happened to that? The kids still playing it? If not, let us know. It's the same thing with fingering. Was... Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Bring it back. Yeah, Bring what... back bullying, fingering, and the fifty p game. There so you go. What, like, what was wrong with fingering? Like in a, like in, in a park? Why did it have to go to full blown sex in a park? Yeah, it's cold. At least with fingering, you can keep pretty much all your clothes on. All your clothes. You can put your gloves. If you have fingerless gloves, you're like you're you're, you're winning. I don't know why I did that. So. And it feels nice for them as well because you're getting you're getting texture. They're getting different types of texture on their you know pubic region plus on their punani. digits. Um, we got oh, talking about that. Sorry, mate. Just I've just had this thought when we mentioned fingering. I was thinking about this recently because I've got to go. Well, not I don't have to. It's the time of year when I need to book in a prostate exam. Right, because Rees like, made me go, you need to get a prostate exam. Right? Yeah, You're talking about fing- fingering. Listen to my trailer thought. And uh, so it got me thinking. Well, how old are you first? Well, I'm 35. You don't but you should be getting... Exam. No, 40 is, is what the National, the, no, the National Health no, Service yeah, advised. Just, yeah, but just, just, get, just get a check. Well, once a year. Once a year. So anyway... Well, get, was, you're, so th- you're saying get fingered once a year? <laughs> don't knock a teacher, right, mate. That's what I'm saying. But this, I started doing this oh, like two I years have, ago. I have right? tried it, and that's why I'm reacting this way. Right. Well, this is my advice, right? I, I would say when you're thinking about uh, a new GP or a new doctor, don't worry about their medical credentials. Do not worry about you know the look of the building. There's only one thing that's ever important when you're selecting your GP. The size of their fucking hands. 
the first time I went for this, I went to a new GP and just rocked up, went through the thing, and I was like, yeah, I need to, to do the thing. Didn't think about it. He was an ox of a man with the hands. I, I felt like Concord being parked in my bum. It you, was was it that bad? Mental. It was. Well, you're not was, encouraging anybody to get it done here, mate. What is it? Was no, it that but, bad or not? Uh, it uh, it was really uncomfortable. Did you like? I just get a little. It was a little. No, I thought it it might be arousing. It, it was. No, no. It was. It just it it was like I said. It just felt like someone was parking a large bus in my anus. But but now <laughs> now my GP is a lovely, um, very petite woman. So it just glided in there, no drama. So so this year going back to it, I'm like, ah, it's gonna be fine. So, Honestly, like all jokes aside, fucking get your prostate checked. Um, yeah, get it checked. I you know I I, I haven't, but I'm 39, so I'm looking at uh, what was it? I've got seven oh, months that has to be done. And, and this is a man who's never, never been anally penetrated ever. I can't wait. Can I? Can you let me know when it's happening? Yeah, you can. I, I want to. Yeah, go on, mate. I'll come down there. Have you seen the footage of Carl Pilkerton and um, uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, where they're recording something about prostate cancer, which is a massive issue. Obviously, jokes aside, massive issue. And um, they make him, they convince him to have a prostate exam live on TV. And it is one of the funniest things. But when you, after you, you, the, the best thing about this bit is that you walk away from it thinking, it ain't that bad. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be sheepish about it. Anyway, um, let's end on this question from Simon Von Sills. He says, COVID job losses and lack of funds have led many to view the resulting boom in online grot as the only way to fix their financial woes by setting up a D, uh, do-it-yourself DIY smart page. Would you set up an OnlyFans with full knowledge knowledge of friends and family uh, for Spurs to win the double double in twenty twenty one and twenty one twenty two? No. So just so know the parameters. <laughs> like tomorrow, I would set up essentially like an OnlyFans at Big John Bass, and it would have to be me doing what like sexual acts yeah. on myself or could it could it be anything could it just be me doing a lovely strip tease or what you reckon, like... <laughs> do you reckon, you reckon <laughs> in your head there's women out there that are paying for you to watch you have sex we'd all do that right and men no, and men that well, no, 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 would absolutely just be men yeah. and they wouldn't oh, want, yeah. they wouldn't want a woman involved you just be having to shove shit yeah. up your ass prostate <laughs> this wouldn't be a prostate exam it'd be a prostate cucumbers exam. rolling pins that's how you'd make your money yeah and, big and you, big john bass's vegetable collection in his ass yeah and, and oh. your, your mum's your, your mum not that, that, that your mum would know nothing nothing else about her appendage <laughs> needs to be mentioned everyone would know is, mm. is that all right for winning spurs winning the league would you be able to carry on with your life <laughs> the thing is, you know what the internet's like. Once it's out there, mate, it's not going anywhere. Would you be able to keep like, your job? It, it will be. I don't think I would. I don't think many people would be like their jobs would be all right with that. Like <laughs> you're in a, a unique position where you're kind of your own boss. If anything, the the Patreon would go up. They'd be like, "This is just fuck it. I've got to I hear more about this." <coughs> I would mental. I don't think it would affect my job, obviously, because I find myself. Yeah, but I think. But your yeah, bosses but might go, John. Like our, our clients might see this. 
Yeah. So, so John, we've we've noticed that your um, your figures have really dropped off. There's been no new business in. What are you picking that down to? To be honest, I'm putting my hairy ass on the internet every week. So that <laughs> could be one money, indicator. So fuck Sorry. you. Spurs going to win the league. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck, fuck your salary. I'm making I'm making paper. And we're going to win the league. So it's fine. Yeah, okay. I don't know, mate. I think we're, we're going to win the league anyway, aren't we? So it doesn't matter. And I don't have to. Um, my big, fat, hairy body on the internet. Um, no one wants to see that anyway. It's not big, fat, hairy body. It's just massive. It's just huge. It's just uh, it's just bulbous and very like very thick. Just de- There's a lot of depth, a lot of volume there. I'm like an iceberg in many ways. How much do you like weigh? The- <laughs> I don't know. I haven't weighed myself for a long time. Oh, I reckon I- about 17 stone, oh, probably. We've talked about this before, but I love how massive you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing you're obsessed with it i know I am, I every every message like every every morning that i get a message from you it's always like you're right john bass and your gi- gigantic body all right john bass you big giant man just could, always, well, always whenever I, I talk to your missus i just call you the goliath <laughs> i'm so sorry i don't mean i don't mean like if it, it hurt your feelings no, not at all, mate. Because I've been all. getting some stick about how I talk to Alex on on the podcast, and I I, I want to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel um I I get away with it a lot because like I am actually quite a big man, so it's fine, right? But the stuff you get out on is just really like it's just it is needless um bullying essentially, which I'm as you know I'm a fan of. Yeah, the um, thing but... is, the thing is like if you think like David and Goliath, David cheated. Like it weren't a flight. It weren't yeah. about a little man fighting a big man. He had a fucking slingshot and smashed it in his he, face. He, he's a cheat. He come tooled on. He is a cheat. He come. He's a coward, mate. He come tooled up to a like, to a fist fight. Le, like let's see him without the fucking slingshot. He get his fucking head caved in. Yeah. So he David Demar into into the ground. Yeah, David Demar. Nowadays, when you see on CCTV and they were like, "Oh, it was two on two until he pulled a blade and stabbed him," and like everyone be like, "Oh, he's a coward. It's the coward's way out." But then they're like, "Oh, David's a hero. Is he? Fuck, he's a little snake. He's a little he coward. Goliath is the true hero here. He, he, he's Took the, the defeat he, like a champ. He's the fallen hero." Anyway, John, yeah. this has been fantastic. Thank, thank you, mate. Um, uh, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back on Monday after we've beaten Leicester 6 0. Did they say 6 0? 6 0. 6 0. All right. 7 something like that. Yeah, 6 7. Something Bergvine like that. Hattrick. Oh, come on. Come on. All right. That's yeah. been the Fighting Cop Podcast. See you later. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.